So I am super excited to welcome Father Edwin Leonard uh, for this, what we're now calling Squire Talks. The last time we didn't really have a name for it, now we do. Father Squire is our mascot, um, excuse me. <clears throat> so Squire Talks. Uh, so Father Edwin Leonard, um, I'll introduce him and then he's gonna pray for us. He's from the Diocese of Dallas, uh, which y'all know that's where I come from. And, Still have a very deep love for that does not compete with my Tyler love. They are equally, <laughs> equally loved. Father Edwin is the vocations director for the Diocese of Dallas. And you have a full seminary, yes, Father? We do indeed. Yeah. Holy Trinity Seminary has um, about 60 guys and Dallas has about 78, 80 seminarians. So. so, and those aren't just warm bodies, like you've done beautiful with that ministry and just yeah. helping bring men uh, who love God and love the church um, to formation. So that's awesome. So, and you serve at some parishes as well, Father? I do indeed. I have a, uh, some vocation director and I'm also chaplain of Bishop Lynch High School, which has about a thousand students. It's co-ed. And then I also am the interim pastor over at St. Michael's in McKinney, which has about 3,000 families. So, so you were it's a full plate, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So you are super busy. That's why we're going to get down to it. So yeah, Father Edwin has a lot of ministry, but he is also just um, a prayerful man of God, a beautiful priest of Jesus Christ, a, a, my friend, my brother in Christ. You know, I love you very much. Um, so that's who Father Edwin is. And if you could start us in prayer, Father, because I've, I've just needed to hear you pray anyway. So <laughs> you could start us, please. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If I could just invite everybody, no matter where or when you are listening to this, just take a moment to allow the Lord to just love you. Just meditate upon how he's looking at you with that fatherly love and just allow that truth to sink in. God, our Father, we praise and we thank you for the great love that you give us. We thank you for our vocation, which is first and foremost to be your sons and daughters and to receive your love for those areas which you call us into um, a specificity of that vocation, whether or not through marriage and family life, um, through uh, priesthood or consecrated life. We just give our all to you. We ask today that you may help us by the power of your spirit to allow you to be a provident father that in our temptations to take control for us to lead, that we may step back and give you space to provide and to be our shepherd. And we give you all of this as we pray the prayer that your son, Jesus taught us. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Sister Josephine, no matter how many times I pray the Our Father, when I know that like we're live and recording, I always think, am I gonna forget how it goes? I'm the same way. Like I, I know the rosary, but if someone asks me to like publicly play a rosary, I'm like, what? I need a, 
Let me pull out the paper, right? <laughs> I need a handout. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so Father, I don't know yet what we're going to title this recording, but I know that I just want to encourage, just to continue to encourage the families of Tyler Catholic Schools, you know, as they take on the tremendous, beautiful task of tasks, multiple tasks of the domestic church. Mm-hmm. So I thought what we could talk about with you, because I do know you, um, some, you know, some, and I trust you and I know that you just love the Lord. And so, so much so that it um, has formed you into uh, his priest. <laughs> and so I just wanted to talk about with you what, you know, as you grew up, like what helped to form you into who you are today. Um, so that was kind of the first question. Like when you look back at opportunities you had when you were a kid, um, what were things that were helpful that anybody in your life did, any adults or friends or whatever, did to help you know your faith and love Jesus and want to follow mm-hmm. Jesus? So my, uh, grew up in Texas and my family, I, I say this, um, my dad was, is now a convert, but he was Episcopalian then. And my mom was Catholic um, and her background, uh, her family was Polish. And so there was a a very like firm, like you go to church every Sunday and we lived in Texas. um, And, you know, we uh, went to church every Sunday because that's what good families in Texas did then. And not for any, like, um, I don't know if we had like a, a deep personal love with Jesus. Like we didn't talk about Jesus day in and day out. We didn't pray the family rosary. We didn't like read scripture at night. Um, but my mom and my dad, both every single week, um, took us to mass. Never fail. Like every single week. And so I cannot express um, if it's possible um, to be able to have the entire family go to mass together. I know we live very busy lives. You know, there's, um, you know, abilities to have like, you know, there's soccer practice, there's sporting events, there's all of these things that are calling us to a billion different directions. But one of the things I felt my parents did um, that really solidified me is we went as a family to the same mass. My dad was there, even though, um, you know, he was Episcopalian, he um, was leading the family spiritually, um, Mm -hmm. even though I don't think he necessarily knew that Mm -hmm. at the period of time. And what it said was, God is important. He's not just something we're fitting in um, to our schedule, but it's something that we're going to kind of base our week around. Um, and we weren't perfect, right? Like there were many a times that like we slid into mass halfway through um, <laughs> as a family. And, but I just remember that we, we never missed. Um, and I, I remember that even as a young kid, I, I didn't want to go to mass. And so sometimes I, <coughs> I was... I was sick. And if I was sick for mass, I was sick for everything else for the rest of the day. So um, if I was too sick to go to mass in the morning, I was too sick to go spend time with friends later that day. Um, And so there was just a a pride of place for that liturgy each week. Um, My, my parents, um, you know, taught me how to pray every day. Mm -hmm. And, And the fact of like, they taught me the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Angel of God prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, those were just the three prayers that I prayed every night. I didn't know really anything else, but I knew that as I was going to sleep, um, that's what I should pray. And so um, that's what I did, you know? You know, Father, it was, when I think about it, it was similar for me because I was raised Baptist, you know that. <laughs> and church wasn't an option. 
but we didn't right. we didn't talk a whole lot at home about God, <clears throat> but church was not an option. Like mm-hmm. we had to go and we had to go on Wednesday and we had to go for choir rehearsal and we definitely had to go on Sunday. Um and um so I guess what comes to mind when I hear you say that, I think sometimes no, I'm becoming to know it. Just in ministry, I'm coming beyond think <laughs> and coming to know that there are occasions where families think that their life and like the ordinary things that unfold are insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Um, But there's just so much significance in what goes on in the family Um, and really a sanctity to it. And so just that kind of, we're getting up and going to church, you know, we're not, we may not be looking like the rock star, (laughs) you know, church members, but we have this fidelity. Um, There's, you know, great, great spiritual significance in that. Mm -hmm. When I, when I think back theologically over it, um, I just see that. um, So my recommendation for like families and parents, um, a lot of time, the evil one tempts us and attacks us, making us feel inadequate Mm. or weak. Um, And so, man, um, we think, we think of all the things that we did and we have a difficult time, like, um, leading because of that, or we notice all the things that we don't know. And so we don't feel comfortable in that space. Um, but as I look about it back upon it, um, I see my parents who didn't really know much about the faith at that period of time. Um, they do now they're, they're, I don't know what our church, our local church would do without, you know, Mary and Ed Leonard, um, <laughs> helping out and volunteering. Y'all father um, Edward He's Ed with the fourth. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my, um, one of the things I, I just kind of noticed is that God has placed you as uh, the family to have a very specific sphere of influence. Like if you look at the Old Testament, you see that the patriarchs, they blessed their sons and like there was power in that. And so um, I think that there's power in you being parents. And so when you go to mass, even if it's just going to mass um, as a family, like there's there's a power and a blessing in that. If you teach your kids how to pray, just and you kind of walk them into that, there is a power and a blessing in that. When you gather them together for a meal, um, Mm. you know, like every Sunday, and like that's something that you have to do, a family meal, um, there's power in that. And so don't let the evil one tell you that you don't know enough or that what you have is not enough. Um, The Lord has like given you in this space a very um, intense power Um, that we can claim just by doing the ordinary things that the church calls us to. And that ordinary one and faithfulness to the church becomes extraordinary. Mm. And like, and there's an authority. I, I, this is a reflection I've had. You can tell me if I'm a heretic. Okay. (laughs) I think there's a mirror between the authority in the church, right? Like that magisterium authority. I think there's a parallel between that and the authority Mm. given to parents uh, to teach and, to preach and you know yeah yeah well if you if you look at the in the catechism when it talks about the church it speaks of the family as the domestic church right um and so of course um not a heretic there's, oh, there's my not, official stamp of approval not today thank you i get the seal <laughs> the seal and so okay you have a grip of men in formation and that means that you've accompanied 
a grip of men and so you're kind of actually growing without realizing it I have this clinician mind that's developing in me so without realizing it you're actually creating like um, a sampling right Mm -hmm. that can become like a body of knowledge for what are trends in families that you're starting to see among all these men you're accompanying who are expressing interest in the free set. And so I want to draw on that developing expertise in you because you have accompanied right. all these men. And so just like with working with young men, what are some themes you've seen um, regarding like, you know, childhood, whether it's things that helped contribute to them being people who haven't, you know, have a, it takes a lot of courage at this point in the world that we're in to say, I want to follow Jesus. There's a lot of courage. And so are there some trends that you've seen from their backgrounds that contributed to that courage? And then are there some trends that you see um, as far as like different wounds and struggles that are coming up that are connected to family life? Right. Um, I, th- this is probably controversial. Um, oh, and so no. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. That means um, I love it. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I've noticed that in my work as vocation directors, um, you know, the number one enemy to vocations is the evil one. Um, the number two enemy are parents. Um, and, and what, what I mean by this, all vocations or priestly? No, just just to just to like uh, priesthood and religious life. Got it. Um, um, and this may flow into just the general life of holiness. Um, but as well, so our, our primary vocation, but especially for priesthood and religious life, um, the men that succeed have uh, parents that are um, supportive, at least in the fact of like, you need to follow um, the desires of your heart and where the Lord's prompting you. So often I will see men and women that are in church, right? They go to church. They might even be part of like a vocation ministry where they're praying for priests and an increase of religious sisters. And then all of a sudden, their son or daughter says, I, I think I might want to join seminary or the convent. And all of a sudden, and I've seen it. These parents are like, no, <laughs> not my child. Um, and because what happens is, is, as parents, and whenever we love someone, we have this ideal for them. And um, a lot of times we just get on this train or this track um, that has this model of, okay, my kid's going to go um, to, to high school and then they're going to, you know, they're going to take the SATs or ACTs and then they're going to go to college and they're going to get married and they're going to get a good job. And we have this kind of movement in that. And we forget to ask the Lord um, who promises, prophesied in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know all the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare and not for woe, plans for a future full of hope. Um, and so as parents, I think there's just such a, a gift, again, with your uh, spiritual sphere of influence that you have um, to just offer your kid up mm. um, to the Lord uh, and say, what, what is your plan? And to recognize that sometimes, um, you know, just in general, if, if the Lord wants your, your child to be a saint uh, and he has this pathway, um, but that means that he's going to work at McDonald's for the rest of his life. Are you okay with that? Mm. Right? Like, is the saintliness the most important thing? Or are we, we want to, we want to drive, we want to push, we want our kids to do the best that they can. Um, and, but we want the best that they can is where the Lord calls them. And so maybe sometimes I see parents 
having this idea that my kid has to go to Harvard, has to go to this best kind of school where a lot of times I think the Lord is calling them to, you know, live a simpler life, um, but a life that is conducive to holiness, to go to a school where that's going to um, open that up or even to give the seminary an opportunity. Um, And so for parents, just be open to is saintliness the highest call that I am open towards? And if it's not, um, the, just the ability to say, okay, God, I want right now to pray that I can be open to that, mm-hmm. um, to anything. To my child's um, path to heaven being like the yeah. priority. And I think, exactly. it, you know, in my work with parents, one of the things I've noticed, like, as I just continue to listen to parents, I, I think what has amazed me, A, I just kind of am starting to have like this even deeper reverence for like the mystery of family life and in the sense that like in the dynamic between parents and children like God is revealing his Mm. way of relating to us you know and so God leaves us free you know Mm -hmm. to to choose and so um, it's just such a great mystery, but I'm going to, I'm going to toss back a challenge father, because I'm actually having another person on to talk more in depth about this. And, um, and so the reason I'm having her on is because I know that it was an experience for her family when, um, when one of the children in the family entered seminary, the parents began to pray more because they worried for, um, for the soul of their son because the church deals with so much corruption mm-hmm. and so they would have preferred that their son entered married life out of fear and that and I just was like that never left me because then it helped me kind of enter into you know when parents throw up those automatic resistance because you're right it's common <laughs> it's common yeah. the main ones would be like for an increase of priestly and religious vocations and then they sometimes the main ones who kind of fall out when it's their child who's called um, when I started to reflect on that, I was like, yeah, parents have real fears because of how, you know, how things can go in the church sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, I, I completely um, agree. And I know within, um, like, that there's been a lot of scandal in the past. There's been a lot of clericalism currently and um, just some sin that we see um, and and corruption. And that is very difficult. Um, But my, my go-to is the Lord still calls. Yes. Right. And there's, um, you know, right. Even more so, you know, know. um, we just, um, you know, we just read, um, I think it was on, it was on Saturday morning. Um, this past week, um, and it was from Jeremiah, where he says, um, I feel like I'm being led like a lamb to slaughter. Um, and the, and I just was, as I was praying with that, um, there's just, there's a way in which, like, you see that um, as a, as just like, no, and you react to it, that's not good. But then you see, like, the Lord, um, uh, who is, you know, the Lamb of God being led to the cross, um, as a gift to the Lord, uh, as to his father. And, and as he, and he says, um, you know, when I'm lifted up, I draw all to myself. And so 
the, the priestly journey really is, you know, a sacrifice of ourselves and the call to the Lord and the promise that his power is going to be there and protect. Um, and so I, I understand the fear, right, of entering into um, anything in the world. Um, but always the protection that we have is to stay near the shepherd, right? To um, That's Psalm 23, that no matter the where we are is in the green valley or uh, in the verdant pastures or the dark valley. Um, the protection is being with the shepherd. Um, and so I understand those parents that are like, ah, oh, but it's so difficult to be a priest these days. Yes. Um, but all the more reason um, that people need that, that shepherd, that witness um, and good and holy men to be priests, good and holy women to be religious sisters. Um, because the Lord doesn't call us to easy, he calls us to the cross, but he promises that that's going to be a place of union. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think parents should, right? That's that continued sphere of influence to like pray for them, their protection um, during that time. Yeah. Um, but to know that the Lord is right there too. Yeah. And even <clears throat> I think it takes also a lot of courage to live, like live our faith boldly. That even mm. feels like a huge risk, right? Because, you know, <laughs> at this point to proclaim any truth feels like stepping on a live wire <laughs> you know right so um even just to like teach our kids that hey it to help form them to be okay being bold you know mm-hmm. i think sometimes we stay lukewarm not because of laziness but because of fear <clears throat> because of fear well that's one of the things that i love about um uh, you know, uh, Bishop Strickland, right? He, um, you know, he he just speaks very, what the Lord has placed upon his heart, right? Mm-hmm. Just stepping out, speaking um, uh, powerfully. And uh, I, there are things that I love that he says. There are things that I'm, I'm not a, always a huge fan that he says, but I love the fact that like the Lord places something on his heart and he lives out of that care and concern and love for his people that he just, he can't remain silent in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love if like we had more bishops around the United States that like just spoke um, out of that, not, not fear, but um, not let fear paralyze them, but allowed um, concern and care for like the sheep um, mm-hmm. to be their primary motivation. And like, I have to speak into this. Yes. Um, even if I step on a live wire, even if I right. you know, get it wrong, because that goes back to what you're talking about about our our true shepherd like that like that courage is born in um union with jesus and so if i if i'm bold and i make a mistake it's not going to be in the world because of jesus because of the resurrection you know if i'm bold and have courage and I'm striving imperfectly if I mess up it's not going to kill me because of the resurrection right and so right. it's that deeper union that ignites this courage and so yeah I'm really supportive of Bishop Strickland also and it's the same way sometimes I'll be like he said what but I don't <laughs> cease to love him because he said it yeah he yeah. said it in a world where we're afraid to say anything well and we want and I, I think we're kind of uh, this might not be our topic anymore, but in this, in the sense of like, and, and when just sitting with it and thinking about 
something from, you know, someone's position or someone else's position, and then being able to enter into a dialogue mm-hmm. rather than just reaction is, um, I think so Jesus, right. Mm-hmm. Um, when he like, uh, gathered around people for a meal, right. Not just saying like, nah, you're not, um, you're not the type of, um, life that I'm living. Right. Um, he just, he gathered them and shared a meal and their experiences and talks and dialogues. And in that relationship, um, there was an ability to speak truth that I, I imagine were uncomfortable. Um, and so I, I just think that like, whatever that space is, um, of being able to be in relationship and to enter into a dialogue and to be able to, um, to disagree and to speak where we feel like the Lord's calling us, um, that, I mean, that's a great advice for a family too, creating that environment. Um, yeah, I try to, when situations come up here in the school, I really try to make space so the kids feel like this is where you can work these things out, like in your church, like not on YouTube, not on TikTok, not on the snap, but like bring all that here and we're going to make a space for dialogue and we're going to proclaim truth, but you get to be in the process. Like I'm just a huge proponent of that in family life Mm -hmm. because there are so many um, efforts out there that can't wait to proclaim what's not true to our kids. They're not going to (laughs) hesitate. They're not going to hesitate. And so just to make that space. Okay. So we want to close because I told you I like to try to keep these short because parents, they got time for 45 minutes in an hour. Um, So I just want to just anything to encourage our domestic churches. Like I told you, I'm just growing in such reverence for mm. the domestic church and the world, what that means for the kingdom of God's love to continue to grow. And so I just really want to, at, at each turn, like encourage domestic churches. So what's something you can offer as an encouraging close to parents raising kids in the world we're in right now, which just is a lot. <laughs> so what would you right. say? I would say this, um, there are so many complex issues and things that are going on. Um, and a lot of times we feel inadequate to, um, to deal with them. And I just, I've been praying a lot about this, um, in Matthew 14, where Peter walks on water, you know, they're scared. They don't know what's going on. They see this. They, Jesus says, it's the Lord. They recognize him. He says, if it's you bid me to come out, Peter takes a step out, um, and all of a sudden, as he's walking along the water, the wind and the waves um, cause him to fear and he starts to sink. And I think this, there's, a, there's a movement here that's important for us um, and parents to kind of grasp. Peter doesn't rebuke um, the wind or the waves, right? What he does is he turns back to the Lord and says, save me. Um, and Jesus instantaneously um, pulls him out, um, pulls him up, and saves him, right? And then there's the question of the Lord, like, um, you know, why, why did you lose faith? Mm. Um, and the question, and I, there's just such a beauty in that to teach Peter, it's because I took my eyes off of you. Um, and so for parents, um, I would say the number one thing that I would say is to just spend time with the Lord exclusively just time with the Lord, um, just you and him, and then allow that to be modeled for your kids, allow your kids to see that and to, 
um, speak into that and encourage them to do the same. Um, if, if we did that, if we just modeled how to, in the midst of the busyness and the fear and the wind and the waves and those times where we think that we're sinking, if we just modeled that faithfulness to the daily um, prayer and the bread that we, you know, that daily bread that we ask for in the Our Father, um, I think families would, you know, take care of themselves because the Lord has promised that there's power there. Mm-hmm. So daily prayer. Daily prayer. And to, <clears throat> like you said earlier, to like count on the power of that. Like, I think that's the secret trick of Satan, like, because it doesn't feel as hard as other things to be still, we think it's less Mm -hmm. effective. Um, And so just to not let Satan steal the power of our stillness before God. (laughs) Um, I mean, so there's a, there's a great scripture verse and I'm going to, I'm going to just toss this out there real quick. Exodus 14, 14. um, Yes, preach it, say it. Right. I mean, just exactly what you just said. Yeah, yeah, Exodus 14, 14 is where the, um, the Hebrew people, they've been freed from slavery and they're marching to the promised land. And then Pharaoh regrets it, sends his armies after them. And now they're caught between this army that wants to, at best, enslave them, at worst, kill them. Um, and then the, the Red Sea. And they don't know what is going to happen and where they can go. And God um, tells Moses, um, I will fight for you if you just be still. Amen. Um, so <laughs> amen okay god has you, promised father. yes thank you father it's always good to spend time with you Such a sister do you want do you want to close with a quick prayer and i'll give like a digital blessing yes okay perfect in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit uh heavenly father um every family in the world takes its name from you uh thank you for the gift of being able to participate in your love Um, in each of our vocations, um, as priests, as sisters, brothers, as uh, spouses and parents. Um, We just give you thanks for the great honor of participating in your love. I ask that you continue to strengthen all of of your communities, Lord, um, all of your children, and especially um, this community of Tyler Catholic Schools, this Catholic community here. I thank you for the gift of Father Edwin. And I just ask that you continue to raise a priest in your name who love you, who love your son, and who love your son's mother faithfully. Um, I want to ask your blessing on Father as he continues to serve in his various ministries. Um, And I want to ask your blessing on his parents um, and just offer thanks for the gift of his parents. Um, And Father, if you'll please give us your blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with kindness and may he grant you his peace. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.